Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. Consider subscribing to get notifications the next time we post a podcast. And if you enjoy this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and share with a friend or on social media. This is called Summer Highland Falls. Say that these are not the best of times, but they're the only times I've ever known. And I believe there is a time for meditation in cathedrals of our own. Now I have seen that sad surrender in my lover's eyes. I can only stand apart and sympathize. For we are always what our situations hand us It's either sadness or euphoria So we'll argue and we'll compromise And realize that nothing's ever changed Separate conclusions are the same Now we are forced to recognize our inhumanity Our reason coexists with our insanity So we choose between reality and madness It's either sadness or euphoria It's either sadness or euphoria I have two albums that have been autographed by Billy Joel. 32 years ago, your hosts of this show stalked him while he was in the Twin Cities on a promotional tour, finally cornering him in the front vestibule of the studios of KQRS. Taking mercy on us because we had waited in a thunderous downpour for him, I was soaking wet. 
He graciously took the time to talk with us for a couple of minutes. First, I handed him my copy of his Glass Houses album, the first record I ever bought with my own money, and then I handed him my copy of Songs in the Attic. When I told him that that was my favorite album of his, he stopped what he was doing, gave me a quizzical look, and said, Really? Songs in the Attic is, at best, an obscure Billy Joel album. So obscure, in fact, that the man who made it has a hard time believing that anyone would actually call it their favorite album. But it is a beautiful album filled with songs from the earliest part of his career. Recorded in arenas while he was riding the crest of a four-year wave that took him from Northeast regional favorite to international superstardom. While touring in support of the aforementioned Glass Houses, he took the opportunity to play and record songs from his first four albums, records he had made with session musicians and producers who tried to reform him in the image they saw for him. His idea to record the songs he played from those older albums was a chance to showcase how he had intended them to sound. The result was The Best of Both Worlds, a collection of songs written by a young and brilliant songwriter hungry to show the world what he could do, made up of musicians who understood how he wanted his music presented. If it confused his audience, you would have to forgive them. This was not what one would call a typical live album, and certainly not the type of live recording one would have expected from this man at that point in his career. But decades after its release, Songs in the Attic is the key to unlocking his early career and, much to Mr. Joel's surprise, is an album treasured by his most devoted fans. Tonight, 40 years to the week after the album's release, Danny and I are going to walk you through the album and those songs, and along the way, we're going to share both his stories about the songs as well as a few of our own. Tonight, we celebrate Billy Joel's Songs in the Attic. My name is Rich Larson. His name is Daniel G. Moyer. This is the weekly list. Well, good evening, everybody. You are listening to AM 1080, 95.1 FM. Am I doing this right? 95.1 FM, KYMN Radio in beautiful downtown Northfield, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us once again for another edition of The Weekly List. And if I may say so, uh, this is probably the most self-indulgent version of The <laughs> Weekly List that, that you and I have done together. Well, for sure, the most self-indulgent that you've done, because you you totally got that story wrong, man. What do you mean? There was no thunder. <laughs> It was raining. I mean, it was pouring rain. It was pouring down rain, I, and th- I remember that, at one point there's we were a like, picture of us, and I look like a I look like, look a, like a drowned rat. rat out of the sewer. Yeah. yeah, and I remember we were talking about it at one point, and I was trying to duck under the the alcove or something like that, and you were like, "No, man, I want him to see that I've suffered." I, I did. You, I, you did say I that. I did right? say that. You did. I did. So manipulated and, the crap out of the man. Well, okay, we should break this back. Just uh, well, we, not, we don't. We, we can't tell this whole story no, because the, whole the story is like. An hour and a half long. Right. But there was there was a point where we were sure that he was coming to KQ. Yes. And at one point you went and said there's a back way. And you remember you ran yeah. down on the other yeah. to the other end. And I remember kind of sitting there looking for you and going, Oh crud, he's probably gone in a back entrance. This interview is probably half done. He's probably gonna we'll see him drive away or something. Right. And then at that moment I hear this humming thing and I look down and this giant black limo is yeah. right in front of me. Folks, I, I, I'm gonna we're gonna do a little on-air production. Okay, you have to you can't you can't turn. Your, I can't turn my head. Yeah, like like I people was... are like, what's wrong with Dan's mic? Well, okay, what's wrong with Dan's mic is he keeps moving his head away yeah, from I the was, microphone. Okay. All right, so I turn to the right, um, and I hear this humming, and I look down, and there's this black limo. Yep, and I'm like, okay, and the door pops open, and there's Billy Joel, and he's looking at me, looks up, sees that it's raining, pops on the Wayfarers, yeah, and. <laughs> 
I'm like, uh, and I look over at you. You've now caught on. What yeah. the hell's happening? Yeah. And I thrust a copy of Fifty Second Street at him. I'm like, can I get your autograph? He goes, no, no, man, you're getting wet. Let's we'll go inside. And he pops right. open his umbrella and he goes, get under here. And I'm like, dude, uh, I'm walking with Billy Joel, my musical hero, since yeah. I was like at tot. <laughs> and so anyway, I, I and I remember this was I think you had ran or got your albums or my, something. Yeah, my albums were because it was raining. I put my albums in the left my albums in the car. So well, right. you guys ran in. I ran over to the car to grab my my albums and then came running into the vestibule and like just like grabbed his hand and started talking a mile. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, and I remember walking in when we first got there, I was wearing a suit and we mm -hmm. sat down and mm -hmm. so they thought we were from Columbia Records right, or something. Right, and I remember right. the, the station manager came are you guys with CBS or Columbia Records? I went, no, we're just here to meet Billy Joel. <laughs> and he threw us out. Yeah, they did. And when we're sitting there, and this gives a real cool idea, I think, about why I think Rich, feel, Rich and I feel so strongly about Billy Joel. Because on the way up there, we even said to each other, tonight's the night that we're either going to have we're going to be destroying Billy Joel records or we're going to be lifetime fans. Right, right. It's, it's always a huge, huge risk, a risk when you go and meet your hero. It is. It's a huge risk. Because, it's a huge risk. Because, I mean, as it turns out, your hero is human. Yes. And your, your hero might be a complete jerk. And you can catch him in a wrong day. Yeah. He, you know, but so anyhow, I remember giving him a copy of 52nd Street and saying, this is my all-time favorite album. And he goes, really? <laughs> he goes, well, what about... The Doors' first album, man. I mean, Jimi Hendrix, man. Oh, Electric Lady Land is so much better than that. And I'm like, no, no, no. He goes, Dave Brubeck. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, this is it. This is the one. And, you know, he's trying to tell me all the reasons why I'm wrong. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> and anyhow, I remember we were going to, we asked to have a photograph taken with we him. We did. And we did. And I remember after we asked that, the station manager grabbed me on the shoulder and said, Mr. Joel doesn't have time for this. He doesn't have time for you guys. And and Bill said, yeah, but these guys waited in the rain. Yeah, and he also, I remember him getting very adamant and saying, these guys actually buy the records. You get them for free. I got all the time in the world. You go and wait. <laughs> and that was when you and I looked at each other and were like, well, you got to go. No, no, don't worry about it. Don't, we were and, leaving at that point. Yeah. And I just, remember we walked out to the car and we got interviewed from yeah. some yeah, news yeah, thing. Like, yeah. And we were just dribbling well, idiots. Yeah, exactly. And that never yeah, yeah, aired. Yeah, no, <laughs> Thank of goodness. Not. Of course But, not. you know, for me, that was Billy Joel as a real human being. Yeah. As a musician that I've loved my entire life. And he's a real guy. And I, I felt like, you know, I had always called him kind of like my best friend that I never met mm -hmm. because of the music. And it was decent to, to find that he was a good guy. Right. So. Um, I, I have been uh, an enormous Billy, like he was my guy uh, growing up. Uh, and and, and I mean, there's a much another very, very long story about how Dan and I met. Yeah. And Dan thought well, I was sucking up to him because I was t telling him how much I love Billy Joel. Um, <laughs> we'll but, tell that yeah, we'll do a whole uh, Billy Joel show sometime. Some other time, yeah. Um, but but he was he was my he he is to this day he's one of my heroes. Yeah. I've said this before. I mean, I, I my Mount Rushmore. I get five faces because it's yep. my Mount Rushmore. It's Neil Young, Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, Bruce Springsteen, and Billy Joel. Yeah, right. I mean, and it's not cool to like Billy Joel, and I don't mm. care. Like people hold 
Uptown Girl against Billy Joel, which I can understand because Uptown Girl, if I never hear that song again, I'm, I'll be thrilled to, to death. I mean, the, the quality of my life will actually increase by eight tenths of a percent. I, I, but, I love that you got an exact. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it's not cool to like him, but I don't care because that guy's music, I don't even care that it's been darn near 30 years since he put out an album. No, that guy's music. It's 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 the music. It's the soundtrack of my childhood. It's the first rock music that I just loved, mm-hmm. and and I mean I I just uh, this is this stuff is incredibly important to me. Songs in the Attic, yeah, is uh, a really key album for me with with Billy. It really really for years and years and years, I would listen to Mike. Four, four and a half Billy Joel albums. I would listen to The Stranger. I would listen to 52nd Street. I would listen to Glass Houses. I would listen to Side One of the Nylon Curtain. And I would listen to uh, An Innocent Man. Okay. And um, then one day I'm like, you know what? I really should. You know, And I was like 14, right? I really should expand my horizons a little bit. I remember when Songs in the Album came out. Maybe I'll just, or Songs in the Attic came out. I'll, maybe I'll just listen to that. Did you have a copy of it at that point? I went out and bought a copy. Okay, you went and bought one then. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh from from the like the opening chords, I just my my, my jaw was on the floor. I mean, mm-hmm. and that album immediately became my favorite Billy Joel album. And to this day, uh I think Songs in the Attic is my favorite Billy Joel album. And when I say it's the key to opening up his early career, you listen to this album, right? And and you get to know these songs a little bit. Now you know a bunch of songs from his first four albums is a lot easier to go back and listen to, oh, sure. to all of those. Well, we'll get into it later. Right, well, I'll, I'll tell my introduction to the album story, right. perhaps on one of the upcomings. But First song we heard tonight was a song called Summer Highland Falls. Mm-hmm. And he wrote that, I believe that he wrote that right when he came back from his time in Los Angeles. Now, quick history. When Billy Joel was first signed, he played in a band called The Hassles. The Hassles broke up. The drummer of that band and him put together a heavy metal and organ <laughs> thing called Drum, Drums and organ. Not a good idea. No, no. Um, and listen to the Attila. song Wonder Woman and Godzilla. And I, that's I, have, enough. I actually have a vinyl copy you of You do? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've, yeah. It, it's, it, they're dressed like Huns and they're standing in a meat locker. Yeah. yeah it's it, does, cover. it doesn't it's work. Just, There's yeah. a, a lot of bad decisions right yeah. there. So anyhow, he recorded a solo album called Cold Spring Harbor. Yep. And this was on Family Records. Artie Rip was a guy. It got completely mastered, all wrong. Yep. So he sounds completely like a chipmunk. He really yep. does. I actually have a vinyl copy of that, <laughs> the original fam. But then to get out of the deal, he just split. Right. Let, 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 you, let's back up for He signed an album deal with Artie Rip that essentially gave Artie Rip this jerk, gave Artie Rip. All of his, uh, all of all Billy Joel's, all of his, all of his publishing, mm-hmm. which was basically, if you're a songwriter, if you're a recording artist, you make your money off of the publishing ro- yes. royalties. That's how, you, and and Artie Rip took it all. Yeah. So so that's why he's trying to get out of this. Yeah. Deal. So he he split. He goes out to California. He actually marries the drummer's wife elizabeth <laughs> elizabeth wait wait elizabeth was married to john smalls yeah I, I, I if i'd known that i'd forgotten that that's yeah. hilarious so anyhow all of that kind of stuff 
um, where he becomes a piano player in the executive lounge, and that's where Piano Man comes from. Yeah. So anyhow, we fast forward, and he puts out a bunch of albums that are recorded with, um, I think it was Michael Stewart was the, the producer out there, and it was all session guys. Mm-hmm. For Turnstiles, he was adamant about using his own guys. He moves back to New York, and originally it was going to be um, Elton John's producer, Gus Dungeon. Oh, yeah, okay. He was going to produce it. It didn't work. It was going to use Elton's band. Yeah. And so Bill produced Turnstiles himself. One of the first songs that he wrote when he moved back to New York was Summer Highland Falls because uh, he was in upstate you know, uh, New York, and that's where he wrote it. And then they went down and... Recorded the album in the New York City proper. All right. So, but there's this song is beautiful because it just has it's all about manic. It's high and low. It's sadness. It's euphoria. So it's a, you know, he later revisited that theme in "I Go to Extremes" from mm-hmm. the Stormfront album, mm-hmm. and I think that that was just really yeah fantastic. Yeah. And that's always been a big part, I think, of the artistic temperament yep. is the highs and lows. And I certainly know that I go through them <laughs> uh, several times a day. The other thing I want to say about that song before we move on is that he wrote the, 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 the piano intro of that song. Uh, he wrote it to sound boring. And I think it's one of the most beautiful it's things he's ever written. I and there, there is a certain symmetry to it. it. You know, it's going up and down, yep. and it's moving around, and it, it's very indicative of his piano style yep. on those first four records. That he didn't really do a whole lot after the Stranger. That's actually true. That's yeah. very true. I mean, yeah. you don't hear that kind of style of piano playing. Yeah. All right. So, anyhow, the next song um, was recorded at the St. Paul Civic Center in July of 1980. Uh, let's see. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> the thing about it is, it sounds live in, that there's an audience there. It's not. It's this not. was actually from a uh, sound check. A sound check. You know, I, you can, and you, you, if you as you listen to this album, you can hear that. Like, they'll, you'll get these swells of crowd noise and stuff, and they think, mm-hmm. oh, they're they're just sitting in a studio and pushing a slider up at that point. There, there's a little bit of studio trickery on this. There's also um, there's some of his left hand movement um, in Street Life Serenader that's not quite right, but it actually sounds pretty good. Um, he kind of blows a couple parts, but they didn't go and fix that, which I always which I, really I, like. I appreciate that, absolutely. Um, but this this song is Street Life Serenader. This was the pretty much the title track of his third record, uh, Street Life Serenade. That's his Los Angeles album. It's his definite Los Angeles album. It's got yep. a cool painted cover on yep. the front. and um, of a, it's, a, it's a bodega in, in, in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. Know, and Street Life Serenade just has this certain feel. It's got... Um, Great guitar work on throughout this. This is one thing that we're going to need to talk about. This entire record has got David Brown's guitar all over. We it. We'll should talk we, about we, him. we should actually talk about the band real quick. This is the the classic Billy Joel band. This is the Lords of Fifty Second Street. This is Liberty DeVito on drums, mm-hmm. David Brown on lead guitar, Russell Javers on uh, rhythm on rhythm guitar, Rich Kanata mm-hmm. on on horns, and, and then the late Doug Stegmeier right. on bass. Little Dougie Stegmeier. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So right. anyhow. From uh, Songs in the Attic, side one, here is Street Life Serenader here on KYMN Radio 95.1, The Bill. Street life serenader 
That was Los Angelinos, uh, originally recorded on Billy Joel's Street Life Serenade album from uh, 1974. Uh, that was That's such a fun song, man. That's like a garage rock classic thing. I, when I was a kid, and this was before I, man, it was early, early on because I've been a Bill fan for a while. Going on 50 years. <laughs> yeah. But I remember playing that keyboard part, and it was always so much fun because I, I want to say it was like in D, but I remember you could just smash it right down, and it was the right and the left hand pieces were very, very similar, yeah. at least in the recording yeah. version that I had. And uh, I had this Casio uh, keyboard that I would always stick it on like the highest distortion kind of thing. <laughs> And put it through like a little amp, and I'd play that, and it just sounded like I wasn't yet a guitar player. I hadn't picked up a guitar yet, and this was I wanted to try to get that sound, and so that was a good song to play, man. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not a musician, and for me, Los Angelinos and, and Street Life Serenader is the uh, the low point of this album. We've, we've now made it through that. So okay, yeah. on songs in the attic, really? Yeah. Oh man, because yeah. I like the shades of Debussy that's existing in star- in uh, Street Life, and then that just raucous barrio, you know, Los Angelinos kind of thing it gives a real seedy version of Los Angeles in the early seventies that I dig. This next song is called "She's Got Away." Was this his very first ever single? This actually was. Yeah, um, one of the things that I remember when I bought, I was a pretty early Billy Joel fan, mm-hmm. and I remember. I lived in the East Coast at the time in 1981, and there was a big record store chain along the up and down the East Coast called Peaches. Um, I think they were in, oh, I remember going to there in Columbus, Ohio as well. Anyhow, went to Peaches, and I remember on the marquee it was Billy Joel Live. And I went, what? (laughs) You know, this was an album that I hadn't heard of, and I like to go there on album release days. And so I remember the guy literally pulling Songs in the Attic out of the box and putting it into the racks and picking it up and going, what is this? You know, and I was expecting the typical live album at the time. So I was expecting You May Be Right and, Mm -hmm. you know, Zanzibar Live. And I pick it up and I'm like, Miami 2017. Okay, that's Turnstile. And And I realized that this was all old stuff. And then I saw a song, She's Got Away, and another one called Everybody Loves You Now, which are going to be the next two songs that you hear, and going... I have no idea what these songs are. Right. I had never heard them because before. Because at that point, his first album, Cold Spring Harbor, was out of print. Oh, it was so out of print. Yeah. It was buried and destroyed. Right. And so then when I got the album, I'm going through, and that was when I discovered there's a whole album out there of <laughs> Billy Joel stuff, because I thought that Piano Man was his first album, and it wasn't. No. Um, so I thought, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> and it took me years before I uh, before I got a copy of Cold Spring. Cold Spring Harbor. I, I actually bought my copy of Cold Spring Harbor on the way home from having met Billy Joel in 1989. Oh, really? Yes. That day? Well, no, I, 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 I take it back. I take it back because I had the cassette. I had, I, I had it on tape. I had, okay. a, I had the tape oh, okay. like when I was in junior high probably. But I bought my first uh, my Cold Spring Harbor CD. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you love that album now. I love that album. I, I could do a whole show on, on, on <laughs> Cold that Spring. album. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, so uh, She's Got Away actually became a pretty big hit off of this version. Was a 
a top 40, top 20 hit for sure yeah, in 1981. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a top 40. It was not top 20, but it was top 40. Okay. And it, it, he made a, a video for it mm-hmm. by just sitting in a studio and, and playing just the playing. song. And that got some uh, airplay on MTV, too. Yeah. yeah. There were two singles that were released off this album. The first one was um, the live version that we're going to hear of uh, Say Goodbye to Hollywood. That was a pretty decent-sized hit. And then She's Got Away was the the second one. And I think a lot of people were really freaked out by She's Got Away because they were like, this is an old song, but how come... Yeah. It's 10 years old, and we're he- just hearing it now. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that long after this that uh, that Cold Spring Harbor got re-released. Right. Remixed. Yeah, I think, I think it got remixed and re-released sometime around the success of Innocent Man. I, I want to say it was I, like 83, 84. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was right there. Anyway, so, so this is... Uh, She's Got Away was written for uh, John Small's ex-wife, right? Yes, yes it was. Yeah, this was Elizabeth written for his, his wife, Elizabeth. It's called She's Got Away. A 95.1 KYMN one. She's got a way about her. I don't know what it is, but I know that I can't live without her. She's got a way of pleasing. Mm, I don't know why it is, but there doesn't have to be. got a smile that heals me I don't know why it is but I have to laugh when she reveals me she's got a way of talking don't know why it is but it lifts me up when we are walking Feeling down inspires me Without a sound she touches me And I get turned around She's got a way of showing How I make her feel And I find the strength to keep on She touches me Oh, uh-huh. 
Williams song called Everybody Loves You Now. Man. One, one of my favorite things about this album yeah. is the... Uh, okay, I don't know what that song what, was. What? Yeah, anyway, one of my favorite things about this album is that he, the fact that he wrote liner notes mm-hmm. for, and wrote a little something about each of the songs. Right. With Everybody Loves You Now, he wrote, yeah, I was wrong. I thought everyone loved her, but they didn't. What I love about that performance, that was originally this was going to be a live album called Sparks. And he recorded 15 different shows and it was going to be all old and new. And he picked a variety of uh, environments to record under. Some were Madison Square Gardens, St. Paul Civic Center. Then there were small little nightclubs. And this version was from a small little nightclub of about 300 people. And what I love about this, that version of Everybody Loves You Now is listening to to the drums by Liber, Liberty DeVito. Yep, yep. I mean, the guy's a madman. This is a guy who followed the same drumming uh, ethos as a Ringo Starr, as a Jeff Picaro. You play towards the music and to the song, and he was such a musical drummer. If you ever get a chance, look up I, I, YouTube of Liberty DeVito playing these songs just solo. I'm, I'm concerned that you're talking about Liberty DeVito in the past tense. Uh, well, no, no, I'm not. But but because he's guess, he's still alive. Oh, he's still very yeah. much alive, and he put out a really good autobiography yeah. just last year. The problem with Billy or with well, one of my frustrations with Billy Joel is he had let Liberty DeVito yep. go, and the fact that Liberty DeVito is not still currently Bill's drummer really bothers me, and I know that it does too. It bugs me too. Yeah. yeah. But so that's the only reason why I talk about him in the past tense in in regards to this music yeah, okay. because Liberty DeVito, the members of this band had as much to do with the quality yeah. of the recording no question. and no question. the albums that came out. I I love Liberty DeVito. Uh, I love his playing. He's an animal. <laughs> he is an animal. We we saw um, one show together. We. We've both between the two of us, I think we've seen nine hundred and seven Billy Joel shows. I think so. That cuts, and, and uh, of those, somewhere. of those, you've seen eight hundred and eighty nine, and I've seen the other. <laughs> seven. No, actually, I've I've seen him so many times that I've lost count. I've lost count too. I, I, and... I, I'm sure it's, it's somewhere in the twenties that I've seen him. Oh yeah, I. Um, uh, but we saw one show together in 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 uh, on the Stormfront tour where Liberty. <laughs> He broke four cymbals. I know. <laughs> he just he was playing. He was he was on fire that night, and and like after it felt like ever after every song he was changing a cymbal. Yeah, he broke snare heads. Bill used to break piano yeah. uh, piano strings. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw him, November of eighty two. It was on the Nylon Curtain tour. Um, he had been in a horrible motorcycle accident earlier that year, that smashed his wrist, broke his thumb. Yep. And he really has powerful thumbs that snap piano strings, and it was regular. And I remember at the very end of the night, he was going to sit down and play um, Where's the Orchestra to Leave. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's just kind of doodling around. He hit one, and all of a sudden it was like, Pah! and you could tell the piano string was broken. Yeah. And he was so happy. He goes, this is the first <laughs> piano string I've broken since my accident. You know, oh, like hilarious. this was a big that's deal. Awesome. And so he actually had somebody, one of his road crew, come out while we sat there. And they, they took the string out so that it could get wrapped up and be put. Billy Joel is like, I want that on my wall when I get home, you know. <laughs> and the thing that was interesting about that show, if I remember correctly, they did not play Piano Man and nobody cared. That's and, and that's the last time that happened. Yeah, every yeah. single time I've seen yeah. him since he's played Piano Man. But you hate you know, Piano Man. 
What? You hate that song. Piano Man, it's not bad, but in my mind, it's just kind of a reworking of um, Mr. Bojangles, Mr. Bojangles, which I just think is so unfair. I really like Piano Man, but I don't, I don't hold this against you. Yeah, like I, the the two Billy Joel songs that I just can't freaking stand <laughs> are uh, uh, Uptown Girl, yep. and Big Shot. Yep. For you, it's Piano Man and uh, um, Only the Good Die Young. Yeah, uh, Only the Good Die Young is is good. Um, you don't kinda, like it. I, well, I'm not wild about it. But one of the songs that really got me into Billy Joel, so I heard Piano Man on the radio, and I was a big FM freak, and I'm talking like as a little, little kid. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, this is this is consistent my whole life. Anyhow, I remember late night listening on FM radio on a pair of headphones, and I heard Captain Jack yeah. from Piano Man, that version, and was like, what is this? This is the guy that did Piano Man? Well, wait a minute. Rethink. <laughs> now... One of my favorite guitar heroes growing up is David Brown. David Brown um, is featured on all of the albums from Glass Houses to Stormfront, really. Kind of, he, he's yeah, he was involved in Stormfront. Yeah, he was. Oh yeah, he yeah. was on Stormfront. Who was who? Who was in the band before David Brown? Who's the? Um, well, Russell Javers was always in. Yeah. Then there was, uh, was I think his name was Howie Emerson. Howie Emerson. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway. any, anyhow. Um, in this next segment, we're going to hear the hit, which was Say Goodbye to Hollywood, and then it goes into Captain Jack. This is my favorite version of Captain Jack, period, hands down. Um, David Brown's guitar solos are perfect. They're absolutely perfect in my mind. The sense of passion, the sense of emotion, his note bends, they send out like this gut feeling for me that I have not ever heard this version of of captain jack without getting goosebumps not ever in my life and when he's one of the reasons he and eddie van halen are one of the reasons why i play guitar now and david brown from gloucester massachusetts um you know this is this is really quality gut playing emotional guitar solo on captain jack here so i'm getting i'm getting all worked up just talking and thinking about it but first (laughs) we're gonna hear a song called say goodbye to hollywood ronnie specter influenced very very ronnie specter uh uh, 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 uh. (laughs) uh-oh-oh-oh okay so from uh glass houses or from glass houses (laughs) (laughs) say goodbye to hollywood is from from turnstiles but this is the the song the album we're talking about is songs in the attic 1981 songs 1980 the album came out in 81 this was probably recorded in 1980 i don't know Here's the take about how <laughs>
tired of living in your one-horse town You'd like to find a little hole in the ground For a while So you go to the village in your tie-dye jeans And you stare at the junkies and the closet queens It's like some pornographic magazine And you smile
That was the mighty Captain Jack. I'm telling you, dude, that second solo by Brown, man. Yeah, I know. It's great. It's great. Just, <laughs> and I, you know, I, I disagree with you that I, I think Piano Man is a really good song. Yeah. But how that's the song that's remembered from the Piano Man album and not Captain Jack, it just, it, it, well, it, it belies all, all reason. Yeah, you know, and that version was recorded July 1980 in the Spectrum in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and that makes sense because that was where that song really took off. Right. It was, it was uh, recorded with the touring band originally on the Cold Spring Harbor you know, tour. He did Captain Jack on WMMR, I think it was. Oh, it doesn't matter. So anyhow, that became an underground hit and got played all up and down the East Coast yep. in like 1971, 1972. And that's got the, one of the reasons why CBS and I think Arista at the same point um, all went out looking for him around California. Interesting. Yeah, that's, so um, that's that's the thing. Captain Jack. Without Cap- Captain Jack, you have no Billy Joel. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty great. You know, I, I and, and to this day, the only place he plays Captain Jack is in Philadelphia. I know, which really, well, I did the first time I saw him play it. Yeah, but but that was forty years ago. Okay, I mean, well, it was forty. It was forty years ago, Danny. Eighty-two. Oh, okay, thirty-nine years ago. Time now for the weekly list haiku corner, brought to you by Imminent Brewing, a truly poetic brewery. Here is your host, Haiku Rich. I just love that. <laughs> Dude, so it's now that's so two weeks in a row or two two times in a row that that's now permanent, right? Oh, that's that's a thing. That's okay. that's that's just yes. Yeah, st- well, then that, hang on, yeah. I got to prepare myself. All right. <laughs>
Okay, that didn't come from Eminem, but we're going to talk about Eminem Brewing. <sighs> However, first, because it's Haiku Corner, and I'm Haiku Rich, Yeah. Uh, we, have, we have a guest uh, writer tonight. Yes, we do. Uh, one of your, your uh, loving and adoring fans. Right. Well, I think more of a fan of you, really. I don't know about that. Well, anyhow. I don't know about that, but she's certainly one of yours. Anyway, she sent these in. Because really? she knew I've had a very bad day. Yeah, I've Rich had a, rough had a day. tough. Uh, you you got here what four o'clock in the morning? Yes, I did. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's just been it's anyway. You uh, had a long day. Uh, so, but 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 your your friend mm-hmm. uh, inspired me. We have three from your friend. Okay, and and just in the break, I came up with three more. He, this is why they call you Haiku Rich. Because, but you're also kind of a wee bit of a thief, though, which I admire. I respect. Well, well, well you're giving credit. You're giving credit. So that's not really a thief. Good writers <laughs> borrow from other writers. Yep. Great writers steal outright. That's true. Yes. I couldn't agree more. All right. Here we go. Okay. First three are guest writer. Okay. Remember, Billy, that picture I have with you? Why was I all wet? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Now look what happened. Danny and I are fighting about who loves you more. Actually, that's absolutely that not true because I know that you love him more than I do. You're well, the bigger Billy Joel fan than I am, which I didn't think was possible thirty some years ago when I first met you, and then you showed me a whole like another four or five yeah, levels was, of fandom. Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. kind of okay. odd. I am soaking wet. Look how much I have suffered to meet my hero. Well, and that's true. Like I, I said, did. Yes. I even mentioned it. Yeah, you, that's truth. Okay. Okay, and so those those were our guests. These are these are haiku rich originals. These, these are haiku rich originals. Okay. okay, still hanging around. Captain Jack will get you high. <laughs> Dad, don't go swimming. Oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 oh you did not. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, these next two, these next two are not meant to be funny. These are okay, these, these, these are serious. These are okay. actually these are actually heartfelt. <laughs> okay, and, I, and have, I'm just and I'm just not... I'm, I'm just reaching right into the music for these. Okay? I know, but you should have put the funny one at the very last. Uh, you're I mean, right. I, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to recover from whatever. this. Whatever. Okay, here we go. Okay, I'm, I'm keeping my game face on. Wow, she's got away. Her name is Elizabeth. She's just amazing. Ah, written about his uh, soon-to-be wife. Ex- for ex-wife number one. Ex-wife number one, yeah. Gotta call it quits. We, we haven't heard the song yet, but we'll, we, we'll get to this song in a second. Gotta call it quits. It was the time of my life, but I've loved these days. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's really good. That's how the album proper ends and... My, what a delight. This has been Haiku Corner. Thank you, Imminent. Yeah. We need to talk about Imminent Brewing. Yeah, we do. Great. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, we want to thank Laura and Derek Myers for making the weekly list possible. We we saw them at the uh, at uh, dinner tonight. Well, we, well, we didn't talk. I, they they though, walked. You they walked. Actually, them. what what happened was they walked past the uh, the window. 
of the I thought, they were, okay. I thought they were coming in too because they were like kind of oh. hugging the, and I thought they were coming into the the uh, restaurant but they didn't oh well anyway they, they knew we were there yeah. I mean let's well, I mean right yeah. you know we could, we've only got so much reputation. you know they, they, they have their own uh, commercial on imminent brewing yeah and you and I now have our own little we do. Bro- and, and I think they're mad because ours is better than theirs <laughs> it took us how many takes <laughs> At least was, six. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so go on. Let's talk about... I want to thank Lauren Derek Myers for making the weekly list possible every week by sponsoring the show and for being, you know, great people. Awesome right? community-involved right? yes. people. Okay, so we always start the show, or start these commercials by, by talking about what's uh, what's happening with any COVID restriction. And, and look, I know you're sick about it because, look, I'm sick of talking about it. Uh, there's a school thought out there that this stupid Delta variant might be peaking, and I, I sure hope so, because I, it's, it, but it's still out there, right? And, and Emmett Brewing believes in um, social responsibility, so if you have been vaccinated, you are not required to wear a mask, but it is strongly encouraged. If you would not, have not been vaccinated, well, you're still not required to wear a mask, but it is strongly encouraged. I am fully vaccinated. But I continue to wear a mask behind the bar because I know I can still contract the virus and spread it. And I do not want to make anyone sick. Good man. Yes. Thank you. It's that simple. Uh, yeah. Something everyone else should think about, too. And uh, as my, my old roommate, Christopher James Bagg, would say, <laughs> here endeth the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, here I did ended, say that. Here endeth the lesson. Here endeth the lesson. Yeah. This is getting really sober and serious now. Yeah, you know, know. This is like... We're talking about beer. The beer's fun. Well, we got one more kind of serious thing to talk about here. Okay. Sort of. Serious. This weekend is the defeat of Jesse James Days in Northfield, yeah. right? Yeah, and, it is. And, and I'm not going to go into the whole story about Jesse James and the bank and all this stuff, but if you ever, like, anyway. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, honestly, um, normally we would do some some interesting things. We, being imminent brewing, would do some interesting things during Jesse James days, but this year we're just not doing anything because, just because, because there's still some questions out there. So same rules, same capacity requirements, all the things. I want you to maybe think of imminent this weekend as maybe like the Jesse James days free zone or the Jesse James oh, days okay. so quiet zone. So, so you guys are kind of doing like the anti Jesse James. You're kind of being like anti. Not not anti. You know, just just you're, you're doing just, like hey, need a break from outlaws? Come here. Come hang with, with your us. dog. Right. Exactly. With your dog. With your dog because you can bring it. To, I'm, yes. I'm telling you, I got to bring Brubeck there. My my big fear is that Brubeck will like bite half your clientele i don't think honestly i don't think brubeck's the kind of dog that we would want to come to probably him. not yeah he's got a little bit of an attitude iggy pop wouldn't be allowed in imminent brewing yeah that, so. yeah that's probably true yeah. good move and you guys don't have like peanut butter beer so no although i've got i've got a peanut butter porter do you really from montgomery brewing sitting in my fridge right now oh well that, huh that means nothing to anybody but no but yeah. brubeck likes the darker guinness stuff yeah. especially okay i mean here we go. Dragon Squirrel Juicy IPA, Cannon River Pale Ale, Wolf Creek IPA, Tangerine Dragon Squirrel Juicy IPA, Go for the Gosa, Lil R&R, Honey Basil Ale, Question Mark Hill Wheat, Oktoberfest, and now the Double Agent J Double IPA. Wait, wait, wait. Say that all again. I mean, go slow, dude. I'm, I'm like old. Double Agent J. Double du- Agent J. Double IPA. Double, Na- oh, named okay. Double Agent J because our two brewers are... Justin and Jared. 
Oh, I get it. And also, it's a double agent because it's a collaboration between Imminent Brewing and Badger Hill Brewing, where both Justin and Jared used to work. So there's a lot of politics involved. This is a political beer. <sighs> can't best, get, best to ignore me. Can't, best can't, to ignore right me. now, you can't get double, double Agent J to go. You just got to drink it at the... Straight there. Yeah, okay. The, okay. Food trucks this week. It's just one. It's uh, Kahlo Taco Hut. All week long. Uh, plus, there's some more great food. Uh, Scotty's uh, Scotty Scotty Barvier's barbecue thing is is set up right outside of Armory Square too. So check that out. Okay. Imminent Brewing is open from four to nine on Thursdays, Fridays. Oh, th- sorry, four to nine on Thursdays and Fridays. Four to nine Thursdays and Fridays. Okay. Two to nine on Saturdays when I usually work right. there, and two to seven on Sundays. This next song <laughs> is, is from the originally from, from the Piano, Piano Man. Man album. Um. Every song on Songs in the Attic is my favorite version of that song. Oh yeah. Except for Captain Jack, there's a there's a version from it's it you can only find it on the My Lives box set, but that version of Captain Jack is my favorite. Every wow, other you're so wrong. Every other version of You're so wrong. Every other song on Songs in the Attic is my favorite. This one maybe head and sh- well, yeah, almost head and shoulders above everybody else. I think this performance is astonishing. I love this song. It's um, uh, it's just it's it's a brilliant love song, um, and Bill's vocal performance on, on it's this song really is, good. is just phenomenal. So. And this was another one of those songs that was recorded in a small club. It was recorded July nineteen eighty in the Bijou Club in Washington D.C. Yep. For those of you who are keeping score at home, um, and this song to me, this song captures exactly what it's like to be in love and to be dirt poor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, we've we've all been there, and this song really just captures. He actually it. wrote this for his wife Elizabeth. For Elizabeth, um, on Valentine's Day because he didn't have any money. Yep. And you know, you knew that that relationship might have been a problem when she said, "Well, do I get the publishing?" Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which is true. Uh, Elizabeth, you're my home on ninety five point one KYMN. The Oopsie. When you look into my eyes And you see the crazy gypsy in my soul It always comes as a surprise When I feel my withered roots begin to grow Well, I never had a place that I could call my very own But that's all right, my love, cause you're my home When you touch my weary head And you tell me everything will be alright You say, use my body for your bed And my love will keep you warm through all the nights Well, I'll never be a stranger and I'll never be alone Forever we're together, that's my home Pennsylvania Turnpike Indiana's early morning too Oh, high up in the hills of California Home is just another word for you
And I never get to stop and settle down Long as I have it by my side Oh, there's a roof above and good walls all around You're my castle, you're my cabin And my instant pleasure dome I need you in my house Cause you're my
boy with a six-pack in his hand And his daring right for crime Made him a legend in his time East and west of the Rio Grande Originally recorded on the Piano Man album yep. and presented there on uh, Songs in the Attic. That was the Ballad of Billy the Kid. I know how much you love to talk about this song, <laughs> so go. <laughs> okay. Now, I've always liked this song. You know, Me uh, too. You know, up until a point. And then the first time I saw Billy Joel play in 82, it was like, I, I he played stuff like Stiletto. He did Captain Jack. He did... Um, Where's the orchestra? All of these great songs. We're happy for you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So anyhow, then starting sometime probably around the bridge, the bridge is when live he started to turn the shows into a real greatest hits thing. He became much more predictable. Yes, yes very much, much so. And it was really as soon as he started playing Piano Man. Yeah. At one time, I think on the Innocent Man Tour, it was like somewhere mid-set. Yeah. And yeah. then starting on the bridge, it was, it was earlier, the end. Earlier on in the set. Yeah, it was yeah. like third or fourth yeah. song in. Yeah, you yeah. know, it was, And then all of a sudden, Piano Man, I, honestly, people, it was kind of a minor radio hit. If you mention Piano Man, everybody believes that it was probably like number one for 27 weeks or something <laughs> like that. It was not no, a big no, hit. Piano Man, the popularity of Piano Man is a product of classic cla- classic rock radio. Right, it is. Yeah. It's a much bigger hit than it really was in the time that it came out. It's a great song. It deserves to get the, it, those kind of accolades. Well, it's, it's a Mr. great Bojangles. song. It's a great song. We're gonna agree to disagree. It's a great song. <laughs> okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna fight we're about. We're not Bill. gonna fight. We're not gonna fight about. <laughs> oh, Bill. I think I told you, Paul. I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson. There you are. Anyway, okay, the girl is mine. Um, long great, story great short, in that he, song. he had been playing all of these uh, greatest hit shows. And then sometime, I want to say it was like 91, 92, it was after the Stormfront tour, um, he goes and does a show and he goes, you know what, we're going to pull out a real oldie, for but a goodie. And Rich and I, there's a bunch of songs that we are both dying to hear him play live. Yep. And if he only just plays one of them, we're ecstatic. If, one I, get, is, if, I, if I get to, to scratch one song off the list, I'm a happy guy. Yeah, exactly. Summer Highland Falls, Miami 2017 are the big missing ones. Yeah. Miami Any, 2017 especially. Oh, especially that one. So anyhow, we go, uh, we're at the show, and he's, oh, we're going to play something obscure, and it's Ballad of Billy the Kid. Yeah. This is great for us. cool. Because here's one that we can knock off the list. Now right. we've heard Ballad of Billy right. the Kid. Okay. Next tour comes by, oh, we're going to play something obscure. And he mentions like about two or three songs. Like, well, one could be summer. This, this thing he, he does these days where, with the oh. audience participation where he, he like throws out a couple of other songs and lets the audience quote unquote choose. First of all, 
he's lying to yes, he you, is. audience, because he already knows what he's going to play. Mm-hmm. But I just I he I, throws out Summer Highland Falls, Miami 2017, or Ballad of Billy the Kid based upon the audience, and he goes, "Oh, Ballad of Billy the Kid." And Rich and I look at each other and go. Yeah, you just did this last tour, yeah. and the tour before that, we, and the we, tour before we, that, we, and the next yeah, tour. we've seen this one. Just knock it off. This is when, and so now Ballad Ability of the Kid is, Rich and I, they start getting to that, let's pick the obscurities, pick the ones that really tease us, and then it's Ballad Ability of the Kid, and Rich and I sit down. Consistently. Right, that's when I go get a beer. Yeah, consistently, and it's like, yeah. head it. Yeah. Don't need it. Yeah, yeah, anyway. So... Yeah, okay. so that was Billy the Kid. I mean, it was kind of an Aaron Copeland thing, which I kind of like. Right. There's there's nothing at all factually true about Billy the Kid there, you know. It, nothing, nothing nothing on that. Absolutely nothing. 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 He d- he didn't do any research at all. No. Of course, like like I mean there wasn't like you couldn't Google B- Billy the Kid back in those days when he wrote it. But like you you're gonna tell me his mom didn't have a set of encyclopedias or something? Like I, you know. Yeah, or, I, or like John Small's mom didn't have <laughs> Yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and Billy Joel was a history buff. Right. So, you know, it was just I just wanted to write a nobody was gonna put him in charge of writing a Western. He's got he's got Billy soundtrack, so he's he got made Billy the Kid in Wheeling, West Virginia, where I don't think Billy the kid like his whole life ever left new mexico no he never did yeah. and he was he was never a bank robber i think he was a horse thief oh yeah. you know there you go <laughs> it's sad when young guns is more accurate than and, the song and, billet, and, and, and billy, billy was not they didn't hang him somebody shot, shot him. him in the back yeah yeah so okay pat garrett yeah that's right yeah. Pat garrett yeah. anyway, anyway uh so okay now this is where things are gonna well yeah things are gonna start to get a little wonky here a little okay um, so explain the wonkiness because you're in charge of the wonkiness okay okay <laughs> you this are ne- <laughs> this next song is actually the final song on songs in the attic mm-hmm. and then we're going to play another song we had to add one song to the show just to sort of balance the whole format out uh and we'll talk about that song after it's over and then we're going to play you the first song on the album well, well, we'll we'll get there. We'll, we'll, we'll get, get there. We'll get Let's, there. Just just so you know, this is I've loved these days, which was on was that it's on, on Turnstiles? It's on Turnstiles. Okay, okay. Uh, I love these days, which is on Turnstiles, uh, which is a wonderful song uh, about about really it's about the indulgence of youth mm-hmm. and having to grow up, which yeah. really sucks. It does suck. <laughs> it really blows. Anyway, uh, this is a great song. This is I've Loved These Days by Billy Joel on 95.1 KYMM. Now we take our time so nonchalant and spend our nights so bon vivant We pass our days In silken robes The money comes The money goes We know it's all A passing phase We light our lamps for atmosphere and hang our hopes on chandeliers
as we indulge in things refined we hide our hearts from harder times a string of pearls a foreign car oh we can only go so far on caviar and Drown our doubts in dry champagne and soothe our souls with fine cocaine. I don't know why I even care. We'll get so high and get nowhere. We'll have to change our jaded way. And then begin We'll drink a toast To how it's been A few more hours To be complete A few more nights On satin sheets A few more times That I can say
place in the world for the angry young man With his working class eyes and his radical plans He refuses to bend, he refuses to crawl He's always at home with his back to the wall He's proud of his scars and the battles he's lost He's struggling to bleed as he hangs on the cross And he likes to be known as the angry young man That was a song called Angry Young Man, which is actually the, uh, it's the first song on um, on Turnstiles. No, it's not. No, it's, not it's the first, the first song. song on Second Side. Well, okay, first song on Second Side, I'm too. just going to. It's also the very first song I ever saw him perform. That's true, because starting it's, around Innocent Man, and for a while, he, he used to open with that from time to time. Well, he, he didn't on the bridge tour, but. He, he did on the Innocent Man tour. Yep. He, on, on the bridge tour, he opened with Matter of Trust. Right. Um, but that was the very first concert I ever saw. So that is the very first rock song I ever saw anyone play was was Angry really? Young Man. Yeah. That was a great show. Set me on a long and winding path, my boy. Th- that would do it. And I love, I mean, I started out playing piano. That was my first instrument. And the technique that he's showing there, 
you hear that riveting mm-hmm. that is such a hard thing to play what it is is it's, it's middle c he's taking his right and his left thumb and yep. he's just banging it back and yep. forth in like a bongo kind of thing between that and then he's using the the rest of his right hand to get the other pieces on top of it and it's i mean it is a physical exercise to get your synchronization yeah. your synchronization correct on between the two thumbs yeah. and i've it took me like a couple days to to get <laughs> just that back and forth on the same note because your thumbs will click up together sure. and you sure. get locked up and then you're screwed so we should mention that it's that song um that song is not on songs in the attic that is actually um, that performance is taken from the uh, the the uh, the what is commonly referred to as the Red Album, yeah. which is the live album from when Billy Joel toured the Soviet Union in 1986, um, and uh, that song was in there because it we it, it's a. It, to do the weekly list, we needed twelve songs. That there are eleven songs on on, on uh, yeah, so, songs in the attic. So you we know, we're it. very much a stickler about always being the same and never well, changing it be, up. Because so. be, just because of the way the format is, we have to right. have an even number of songs. Yeah, that's, that's true. All. That's so, true right. for it to work. And uh, so, real quick, I want to say, folks, this is just going to about do it for this here edition of the weekly list. Uh, if you like the show, uh, there's a multiple, a lot of different ways you can you can hear it. You can. Uh, uh, you can stream us off of our program page at kymnradio.net where I have all of the old shows, uh, every single show I've ever done archived. I've done, we've done, it's all mm-hmm. archived. Um, you can... Uh, That's uh, for blackmail purposes, isn't well, it? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Facebook um, yep. uh, where I post every new show every Friday morning. Um, and as long as you're on Facebook, uh, fr- we're on Facebook under the weekly list. We really ought to be on on the Twitter and the and, and the we, gram, we should be Twitch. And, and, yeah, and we should be doing the Twitch thing. Should we be in TikTok? I don't know. I don't do interesting stuff. I don't either. I mean, should we, should we be on the Twitch? Should we be on the Twitch? Um, that's what Eileen does. Yeah, I know. She does the Twitch. Yeah, your daughter does the yeah. Twitch. Anyway, all right. So anyway, um, she actually makes money on the Twitch. Well, good for that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Someday we're going to make money off of this show. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we're lucky to be online yeah, this is true um anyway as long as you're on facebook uh go and like the kymn facebook page 95 the one 95.1 uh and and go and like the imminent brewing page oh most definitely yeah, exactly. i mean that is northfield's right. living room right even if they won't allow brew back in <laughs> <laughs> the other way you can hear the show is by podcasting us. Mm-hmm. Go look for the KYMN Radio Podcast. Now, I've got, I had a couple of questions about this. The KYMN Radio Podcast is a collection of all of the uh, the the things that we put out to podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's um, there's all the interviews that Jeff Johnson does in the morning. There's some of the other boutique shows. There's this great show called National Security This Week, yeah. which is just a phenomenal show. Um, I do another show um, once a month with the president of the Chamber of Commerce called Chamber Chat. And yep. that gets on there. Um, you get all political and stuff. Well, like not, not really. Not, no. not on Chamber Chat, we don't. Well, but you're you're uh, discussing events. We get businessy. You get business. Okay. Get all businessy. Um, and of course, the weekly list is part of that, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, go, and, and just this week, because it's this week, uh, I, a couple of years ago, um, I did a show about September 11th. Right. 
and I thought, well, we're coming up now Saturday. This coming Saturday is the 20th anniversary. <sighs> That's 20 amazing. years. It's been 20 years. I know. So I, 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 on, I podcast, I put out as a podcast, I put the September 11th show out there. So, you know, if you're super bored and you're like, you know, I got nothing else to do, and I want to get depressed. <laughs> go listen to the, You're the just weekly really list. Selling it now. I, the weekly list, September 11th show. Actually, there there are there is some interesting music that I went back and listened to that show this week. There's some interesting music that I forgot about mm. on that show. Anyway, um, but it's the anniversary of September 11th. There have been, I think, a lot of things that have happened in the past 20 years for certain that are monumental and societally changing. September 11th seems in my mind to probably be the first one. Remember it was like from there it was like a wave and then you've get all of everything from Afghanistan to Iraq to Saddam Hussein to the COVID to oh remember it, when we were kids in the 80s and and even in you know college in the early 90s and like um everything was fine and like the thing you had to worry most about in the world was was that the Soviet Union had had nuclear weapons, nucle- right? And I kind nuclear of figured, we- well, nuclear you know. weapons pointed at us, and then September 11th happened, right? Yeah. And since then, we have had mass a massive economic downturn that I can't even discuss. Uh, people used to used to be in the 80s and the 90s when a hurricane would hit, uh, the government Andrew, would the, the government would take care of you and, yeah. and, and help out. And that doesn't always happen anymore. Uh, there were no pandemics. You know, it just, it, you know, okay. I'm going to frame it this way. I mean, the, the space shuttle challenger blew up in 86 and that was kind of mind blowing in 1989 at the close of the decade, Billy Joel came out with a song that summed up the past 40 years. Yeah. Harry Truman doors. Yeah. Day, Red China, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we didn't start There's the fire. fire. And then all of a sudden, then you had September 11th happen. And I'm like, <laughs> if if there was a lot of stuff that happened in that 40 years his first 40 years of existence well the 20 years since then yeah it's, it's mind-blowing it to me mind-blowing. Uh, you start yeah. thinking about from 1990 onward everything that's happened it's extraordinary and september 11th part of that you get the pandemic you've got right now i think one of the things that i find most upsetting is there's there's a pandemic and there's a there's discord about whether there's even a pandemic or vaccinations, which drives me crazy. And then we've got this polarization and split in so many different things and yep. opinions and politics. Uh, you know, I, I don't mean to be all peace and lovey, but it's time that we get back together because after September 11th, the one thing that was good is this country came together. Yeah. That, and we I, need to get back to that, that sensation. That is one of the things I remember the most about September 11th is that for about two and a half weeks, mm-hmm. I the country was united like I have never seen this country united and probably will never see this country united like that again. Well, and I'm I, I remain Frankly, I hope not because it would mean something Well, uh, yeah. I'm hoping that we don't need to have something happen. Right. I'm hoping that eventually people are just and everybody just wakes up a bit and gets back into this sensation. And maybe <laughs> this is how unrealistic I am. I'm hoping that people this weekend are going to sit down do some really serious thinking about the past 20 years and go, you know what? We need to get off this stuff. We need to get along again. But we need to, um, I, I just, I just, it's important to me to just sort of, um, recognize the day, um, yeah. and remember, uh, remember the first responders, remember, uh, the people on those airplanes, remember flight 93. Mm-hmm. I remember, remember the people in the Pentagon, um, 
it was it was the the I hope the biggest gut gut punch I'll ever see in my lifetime. I hope so. Um, and uh, uh, you just you know you can't forget it. You, well, we won't forget it, but it's it's important to. So, oh, and this th- is this is what kind of sets up this song. This song is yes. actually it's it used to be the closing track on Turnstiles. Yep. And it actually opens it's the, first, the songs it's the first on the song. attic. Yeah. And this was actually recorded in uh, NAS or let's see, it was recorded in Madison Square Garden, uh, New York, June of nineteen eighty. Yep. Um it's an interesting song because it was originally written in nineteen seventy five when, you know, the New York Times or New York Post uh Ford to New York dropped dead. Right, right. And it was all about the government wasn't going to bail out New York. New York was going through a major financial crisis. So Billy Joel wrote a science fiction song about it for his grandchildren. Uh, 2019, Seen the Lights Go Out in Broadway. 2017. 2017. I said 19, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Uh, 2017, uh, Seen the Lights Go Out on Broadway. And this is one of, this is the Holy Grail song, I think, for you and I. Yeah, it is. It that is. we've never heard well, play. And we'll never hear him play it, because if he didn't play it when we saw him in 2017, we're no. never going to hear it anymore. Yeah, yeah. But, so, this song actually became not so much science fiction, but it was more science fact, especially around September 11th. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, th- th- I actually, I, what, one of the things I remember about that day um, was, was, uh, sending you an email because that's how we communicated in those days <laughs> yeah. was through email we didn't have texting or anything you know facetime or all that stuff um and i i sent you an email and i and i i believe the title of the email was i watched the mighty skyline fall yeah it was i yeah. remember that yeah. yeah which is a line from the song we're about to play yeah. um i mean it, it's not about september 11th uh at all but the there was a concert Two weeks later in New York City. Mm, for the first responders. Yeah, the, the concert for New York City. And Billy Joel played, and he introduced the song just exactly as how uh, you have just presented it. He yeah. said, the song uh, used to be science fiction. I never imagined it would come true. Yeah. And uh, anyway. Um, and so this became kind of an adoptive, among some of the New Yorkers, where he was first receiving his initial popularity, they remembered this song, and this song became kind of a... To some degree, I think almost like a minor or a minor anthem it's of survival. A, it's a nine eleven song for sure. Yeah, it, it is for me. So, all right, uh, so we're gonna play the song, and uh, Danny, I always love working with you. Yeah, this is a blast. <laughs> I mean, we got to, this is the first time we've ever played Billy Joel. It, I mean, it, 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 this, we we have held off on this because this has been a super indulgent show in my oh, in my opinion. You, think? And, and <laughs> you get the two of us talking about Billy Joel, and we we got we got thirty five years, into and we this, haven't so. even scratched the surface exactly, yet. So. Exactly, this is just one record. Someday we'll do another Billy Joel show. Until then, please enjoy Miami twenty seventeen. Seen the lights go out on Broadway. Bill, please play this in Minneapolis next time. Please, come on. (laughs) Folks, uh, thanks for listening. Talk to you guys again next week. Peace.
Keep up with local news and events. Rich Larson hosts a daily newscast Monday through Friday, as well as updates and other community news. And it's free. Stop by KYMNRadio.net frequently and look for updates on our Facebook page for news stories and community events. KYMN Radio is 95.1 The One. Thanks for listening to this KYMN Radio podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it interesting, consider leaving us a review and sharing this podcast on social media. You can find more podcasts like it on our website, kymnradio.net, or wherever you get your podcasts, simply by searching the KYMN Radio Podcast. And of course, you can listen to us live on 95.1 FM, 1080 AM, and on our website. KYMN is your home for real radio, true variety, 